Welcome to another captivating episode of Raw Momversations, where fearless moms and experts unite to explore alternative practices. Hey there, I'm Ali. And I'm Melania. Our mission is to empower your one-of-a-kind parenting journey. Join us as we explore unconventional birthing and parenting methods. Get ready for inspiration, authentic stories, and unwavering family love. Together, we're rewriting our rules of parenting one bold step at a time. So without further ado, let's kick off this empowering conversation. Raw Momversations, where fearless motherhood leads the way. Today, we're addressing a topic that touches the hearts of many families around the world, Infant Loss Awareness Day. This day is observed annually on October 15th, and it's a moment for us to come together, remember, and honor the precious lives that were lost too soon. This is a time to remember the infants who have left us either during pregnancy, at birth, or shortly thereafter due to various reasons. The impact of this loss is profound, affecting families emotionally and psychologically. One of the main goals of this day is to raise awareness about the prevalence of pregnancy and infant loss. So often, this loss is a silent struggle. But through events and initiatives on this day, we encourage open dialogue, reducing the stigma associated with this kind of loss. Today, Melania and I are sharing our personal experiences with pregnancy loss, specifically with miscarriage. It's a topic very close to our hearts, and we hope that by opening up and discussing our stories that we can offer support and comfort to those who have been going through similar journeys. We believe it is essential to break the silence surrounding miscarriages and create a safe space for dialogue. By sharing our experiences, we want to let others know that they are not alone in this and there is a community of support. You know how you start something like this. How do you even start? Right? Because you don't expect it to happen to you, right? No. no. Well, you you started trying before I did. So yeah. tell me about your experience. So we got married in November of 2018. And if I was pregnant with Marcus in 2020, so then it would make sense it was 2019 because it took a whole year afterwards. Um, but we weren't like, I wasn't looking at the calendar and paying attention and freaking out over it. So it kind of just happened organically. And I remember we were both really surprised when we found out that we were pregnant. And um, sometimes I feel a little like, I don't know if I have the right to discuss my loss just because I know I'm one of where it happened prior to the first trimester ending. So I know it's early and I know that the reaction some people give is just like, well, you're one to be, four. do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're one in four. It's not your fault. Yeah. Um, but it was still the first time that we experienced seeing positive sign, mm-hmm. pregnant sign on the stick and getting excited for it. And then not even imagining the possibility of the loss. And so I remember the day that it happened, it was really early in the morning. I don't know. It might've been like three thirty four or something like that. And I went to the washroom and there was a lot of blood. And I remember Google saying that it's normal to have some spotting during the early part of your pregnancy, Mm -hmm. but this was like a lot. And then I turned the light on and I remember seeing what resembled the sack in Mm -hmm. the toilet and I knew something was wrong immediately and uh, told my husband and he tried to stay positive for the both of us and we went to the hospital. It just like, it didn't... it just didn't even click what was happening. Right. So I just wanted to go and make sure that there was still going to be a heartbeat. Um, and I'm six weeks pregnant at this point. Okay. Uh, nobody knows except for my husband and I and you. 
I think I told you first. No, I didn't even know. I didn't tell you? No. You called me and you told me you had a miscarriage. Right. Yeah. You were the first person when I told him I was pregnant mm-hmm. with Marcus. And um, we go to the hospital. I had a really, um, not that it was a great experience, but it was a comforting experience at the Jewish General. Um, see the doctor. They send you to do a vaginal ultrasound. And that was really hard because they're not allowed to tell you what's going on. So it's like so awkward in the, the room. technician? Yeah. Mm. Waiting to see if there's a heartbeat or what they're going to see or if they find it. And uh, finally, we get to see the doctor again. And I don't really remember much of what he said other than that. He was really sympathetic, but he gave the line of like, you know, one in four pregnancies, this is completely normal and it's not your fault. And I hadn't even started to thinking. I wasn't even that phrase. Yeah. Or even think that I did something wrong. Like it just, it hadn't clicked yet. Mm. And I, I don't even know why. Right. Because I literally... You know when you have like a pet goldfish and you flush it down the toilet? Like I didn't even realize I was like flushing it down the toilet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so they sent me to – I tried looking on their website to find the name of the department because the woman who helped me was so lovely. But I guess it was like an aftercare and just to check up on you and explain mm. everything that's going on. And um, I remember she was explaining to me about – what I was experiencing. And then she said to me that we'd have to wait until I had two periods before we could start trying again. And then I remember saying, okay, well, this counts as my first one, right? And she was like, no, this is your pregnancy exiting your body. Yeah. And that's when it really clicked for me. And I felt like in that moment, I kind of detached from my body because it felt so Like you're, you're bleeding it out. And I just felt so disconnected from my body, you know, which is like a constant reminder. I feel like we've said these stories so many times, but it still gets you every time, you know? Like I'm crying just watching you because it's like no one deserves to go through that. You know, it's very difficult. I'm sorry. And you said earlier, like, you know, I don't feel like I deserve to even be sharing my story, but it doesn't matter if it's, at, you know, six weeks, 10 weeks. And obviously the, the further along it, it's, I don't want to say more difficult, but it's just as impactful, even if it's early, cause it's life, you know? Yeah. And then I remember at that point, after we left the hospital, she even gave me a call afterwards just to check up on me. And I just thought that that support was really great. I called and I told everybody and that's how they found out we were pregnant in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, and then I remember what happened with you is you connected me to go and see Susie for a facial just to kind of have like a pick mm-hmm. me up. And it was a couple of months after. And um, she can read your skin. Mm-hmm. She can tell you what's going on with your body through your skin. And I remember she touched my shoulder and she was like, you have not healed. Right. And uh, she's like, there's still so much healing to do. And she was talking to me about how my adrenal glands too were just like completely like shot. And she's like, if we, before we can even do anything for your skin, we need to heal you from the inside. And so then that's how I got into naturopathy. Yeah. And so it was Dr. Christafi who was able to help me get pregnant. And it took a couple of months. And again, we weren't really freaking out over it. And the only a silver lining in all of this and just I really believe that everything happens for a reason is that uh 
a year to the day I found out I was pregnant again, a year to the day and that they were going to have the same birthday. So I just felt like it was a sign that I didn't have to be scared going through this pregnancy, even though you're so scared during your first trimester of experiencing mm-hmm. that loss and you want to hear the heartbeat at that 12 week yeah. appointment. Um, but I just tried to tell myself that that baby was with Marcus while I was growing him. I can't even say anything because I'm going to start bawling. Uh, um, yeah, that's beautiful. It's like everything happens for a reason, you know, even though sometimes you may not understand it. Oh, but yeah, it's, it, I'm sorry you had to go through that. You know, it's so tough for anyone and you don't wish it upon like your worst enemy. Literally, that's what I tell everyone. But yeah, Susie, um, Susie and Dr. Krasafi, we're going to give them a big shout out at Payash Sante. They're in Montreal. Um, incredible, incredible people, their husband and wife. And they they definitely had a big part of healing me. Yeah. I even remember um, I got pregnant mm. and I emailed and I sent him the success. And then I even, I still have the email to this <laughs> day when I sent him a picture after Marcus was born just to let him know and to yeah. thank him. Like this is in part because of you. Yeah. Big part because yeah. of you. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, it's interesting how it took that for you to kind of see the the whole natural side of things, right? I know. It took me down a whole other journey. Yeah. Not that I wasn't an unhealthy person or right. doing anything, but it just, it allowed me to just connect with my body in a whole other way. Yeah. And how do you feel like today, looking back on it? I, it makes me emotional every time I think about it. Um, it brought me Marcus. Mm-hmm. I don't know even what life was like prior to him. And I get, I guess no matter what, I'll still carry it into my next pregnancy, mm-hmm. the fear. But everything happens for a reason, like I said before. I know, like you think about it, if you would have had that baby, then Marcus wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and can you imagine your life without Marcus? No. I feel now <clears throat> that you're pregnant with Grace. I know. That the whole process prior to Isabel seems so long ago. So long ago, but not that long ago, which is crazy. Well, because we were both attempt trying at the same time. We were mm-hmm. so kind of like determined <laughs> to have our kids close in age. Yeah. <laughs> And look, it worked out, right? They're what, six months apart? Seven. Seven? So uh, after, were you pregnant yet when I had my miscarriage? No. No, I was not pregnant um, at that point. That Because the miscarriage was when? For me, it was June. I feel like you got pregnant in August. Well, I, I also got, I got pregnant on our honeymoon. So we got married July 27th. Um, yeah, July 27th, we went away to Greece after that. And, you know, honeymoon life, you're just enjoying each other after hard work of planning the big wedding and stuff. Took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. And I thought, oh my God, it's a honeymoon baby. Like, this is crazy. You know, like, how often do you hear that? Or like, that's kind of the the goal, right? right? For, for people who really want to have a family right after uh, getting married. Um, so yeah, I, I called. I booked an appointment, my 10-week appointment with the OBGYN. So that was set at 10 weeks. And as the weeks went on, at around eight weeks, I started feeling a bit of pain on my left side. And I had a friend who had an atopic pregnancy. So 
you know, like when you're pregnant, we talked about all these like fears that from other people that you hear all these stories. So I thought, oh my God, what if I have, I'm having a topic pregnancy. So my, I went to my general practitioner. He said, okay, let's just go do an ultrasound and let's get that out of your head and not worry. I said, okay. So I went to a local clinic, did an ultrasound at eight weeks. And this is the first time I ever saw like a little little nugget on a screen, you know, and you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. There's a heartbeat. There's, you can't really tell the shape of a baby at that age. You know, they're like, it just looks like a little blob. (laughs) I think we had the app at that point. No, we were falling with fruit or app. Yeah. You get so excited with everything. Um, and then about a week and a half goes by. And I remember specifically one day feeling like violently ill. Like I was nauseous. I had the typical symptoms, but I wasn't throwing up every day. And that day in particular, I was like violent for like a few hours. It was very weird. And then I felt great. Like great. The next morning I woke up, I didn't really have any symptoms. I was like, that's weird, you know, or maybe my body's just used to this is this is how it's supposed to be. I don't know. Some people don't get nausea. Some people do. Anyway, a couple days later was my 10 week appointment with my OBGYN. We get there. Um, my husband's with me and we sit down and she's going through the whole list of, okay, you're going to see me at this week, at this week. And then we're going to, here's a prescription for the ultrasound at uh, first trimester, second trimester, you know, all the paperwork that they give you. And uh, she goes, you know what? It was actually a holiday. So there was no one in the clinic. She was the only one working. And she's like, look, I have the ultrasound machine here. Let's, let's just do, let's go see the little baby. So we're like, perfect, you know, and she's a friend of a friend and we shared the same OBGYN. She was wonderful. Um, so she brought us in and, you know, I'm sitting there, my husband's beside me and she takes the probe and starts going on my belly. And, you know, she's like, how, how many weeks again were you, or when was your last period? And she's kind of just looking at the screen and, and it's like a big screen in front of us. You see everything. And I'm looking at it, at it, the blob that should have kind of like evolved a little bit didn't really But at the same time, like you said, it didn't really like hit you. Like you're not really processing what's happening. But apparently my husband did. He kind of looked at her and knew there was something wrong. And a few more minutes go on and I'm like, we should hear a heartbeat by now. She kind of puts her hand on me and goes, Ali, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything yet, you know, but it's it's not looking good. And I kind of look at her, look at my husband and I'm like, "What, what do you mean it's not looking good? She goes, I'm at the hospital tomorrow. Come and I'm going to do a vaginal ultrasound, but I'm prepare yourself. So I'm thinking like it's again, it still hasn't hit me. It's like you're looking at it. You looked in the toilet and you're like, there's something there, but it doesn't register. I'm looking at this baby without a heartbeat and it still hasn't registered. You know, part of me is like, oh, well, well, it's small. You know, we'll go into a vaginal one and it'll be there tomorrow. Went to the hospital, no heartbeat. And she at that point uh, I believe it's called an arrested pregnancy. So my body hasn't flushed anything out, um, but the fetus just kind of died inside. She basically said, you can do a DNC, uh, which is a dilation and cutage, which they go in and take it out. Or she pres- she said, I really suggest you do this pill. It's a pill you insert vaginally in it. It's called misoprostol. And it essentially forces you to kind of go into labor um, and evacuate everything. So she said, because I was never pregnant before, the DNC does come with risk. So I appreciate the fact that she really pushed me to do it kind of at home. So yeah, I think that's when we came home. You came over with my mom and 
we just all sat there and, you know, what do you say? I don't think we said anything, to be honest. I think the only comfort was that I had already had mine. Yeah. And so just being there. Yeah, it was, um, it's like a very heavy moment of like mourning, I find. And nothing has even happened at this point. I had another friend who had gone through this um, exact procedure. She basically said, put sheets or like a, like a doggy pee-pee pad on your bed um, because you're going to start bleeding out of nowhere and it's going to be heavy and it's not going to stop. I kind of prepared the bed. I lay down and they tell you it takes like three or four hours, but it actually took six, around six for it to start. Then all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere, it just begins. And I was like, oh my God. And at this point, I just ran to the bathroom, which was a few feet away from my bed and sat on the toilet and everything kind of just expelled. And it, it, for me, it just felt like never ending. Like I just looked at the floor and honestly, it looked like someone had been murdered there from like the path of like the bed to the toilet. It was just a scene from a horror movie. And I remember just, you know, crying and then trying to clean the blood off the floor at the same time because I didn't want my husband to see me like that. Like, I don't know, there was this kind of like feeling of like shame or embarrassment or like, I don't know, you just don't want your partner to see you suffering like that. So I just remember trying to clean the floor at the same time and crying and things are flooding out of me. And at one point I just started like screaming. And it's not that it was like so painful physically. It was the emotional part of it. I already knew what was going to happen. I was already prepared, you know, but to live through it was just, like I said, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And at this point I had, you know, gone in the shower, my husband to come in, he came and he started cleaning and asked if I was okay. He was super supportive. Um, And at one point I just remember the sack and everything coming out and you can see the little baby, the little eyes and everything. It's just so heartbreaking. And I was, I just remember like weeping and sitting on the floor in the shower and, you know, my husband came and scooped it up and I apologize for all the details, but I feel when someone told me all these details and the story and the, it really like helped me understand that this unfortunately happens way too often. The next day you kind of just wake up in the morning feeling empty. Um, and I remember looking at my husband and saying, don't tell anyone about this. I don't want anyone to know. No one knew we were pregnant at that time. Not even just that. There's the saying of you don't say anything before mm-hmm. your first trimester. Right. Right. The first. Already they tell you there's so such a great risk of miscarriage before your 12 weeks to not even say anything. And then so you're supposed to suffer alone. So you're supposed to suffer alone. Yeah. And I, I just felt like ashamed and embarrassed and, oh my God, you know, like, I don't want people to think this of me. You know, what did I do wrong for this not to happen? And I just remember at one point being like, why am I hiding this? Why? If the statistics are one in four, that means your best friend beside you, literally, <laughs> you went through it. And then you, when you start sharing your story and speaking up, you realize that it's so common. And everyone is just suffering alone. I remember we had a gathering at your house. I forget what the occasion was. And there was another uh, woman here that you and I both know. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up sharing our experience. 
and then she ended up telling us that she had it too. And we had like a moment between the three of mm-hmm. us, but it sometimes it just takes that one person who feels comfortable enough to share. Yeah. And then everyone else floods open. Yeah. But then there's also like, you also don't tell because then people ask questions and then you're going to, it's, it's like, that off, yeah, that's sensitive. And then you, you almost feel worse for their feelings because they're going to feel bad for asking. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there is a time to mourn your loss and what happened. And then once you've kind of accepted and gone through that with you know, your husband, your partner, whoever, your family, then it's like, it's okay to share and to talk to people and to open up about it. Um, I ended up having two other miscarriages after that. Um, They were early on, they were around six, seven weeks. I can't remember exactly. What ended up happening is I was introduced to a healer. Whether you believe in healing or not, or you think it's hocus pocus, this person really helped me, I would think more mentally than, I mean, maybe even physically. You can't see the magic powers that he does. But um, so I was introduced to this guy, Alex. Um, He's a spiritual healer. And on paper, he's an osteopath. I wish I can give everyone his information. Unfortunately, he moved to Sweden. So he's no longer here in Canada. What ended up happening is after my three losses, um, I was introduced to him. I went into his office and he uh, just, he looks at me and says, oh, you're the one that wants to get pregnant. You know, he heard from a friend of a friend. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I want to get pregnant for good this time. And I lay down on his table and I've seen osteos obviously before and you know what they do, but he kind of just put one hand on my head, one on my tummy or one on my back, one on my tummy. I kind of moved them around and he just like sat there silently and this like energy that like flowed through my body. I can't even explain. It was just, I don't know if I was put into this deep state of meditation or he literally did magic on me. I, I don't know, but he, I truly felt like his healing energy flow through my body. It was very silent. We weren't talking and he, he's sitting there with his eyes closed and then all, and I'm looking at him because I'm so curious. And he looks at me and he goes, what were you so afraid of? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Cause before you got pregnant, what were you afraid of? And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? And he looks at me and he's like, you were afraid that you weren't ever going to get pregnant. Oh, it's crazy because I'm going to start. This like flood of emotions just like burst through my body. Just like, no, it's crazy. And I was like, yeah. I, I mean, it's that's the first time I actually realized I had that fear. Which we actually spoke about in our last episode, but that's when it, I realized I was like afraid I was never ever going to get pregnant. And at this point, I'm really thinking that because <laughs> now I've had three miscarriages. Um, but he looks at me and he's like, you know, God doesn't want you to be an anxious mommy. And I really did, like, suffer from, like, extreme anxiety at that point. And, um, and I don't, so I don't know if it was, like, the, the anxiety levels and the hormones in my body that was just not, 
like happening for I don't know like but he basically says look um that little baby that you saw and witnessed he's like that was like he's like that was a gift from God to tell you that you can and to not worry you know it's just not the time and obviously you see like how emotional it is and that's literally the same feeling that I had then and it all just like made sense to me not to stress about it and like I can get pregnant and it will happen it's just not the time right now like we were saying you know if you would have had that baby Marcus wouldn't be here today I think just my my body my soul was just not ready at the time and it had to go through this and it really had to kind of teach me a lesson that there is a time and a place for everything and it just wasn't the time it was a, a very crazy like awakening moment in my life we ended up doing a fertility test um and as we were doing them i ended up getting pregnant naturally and that's like the same time that i had saw him and everything just kind of like fell into place and yeah it was pretty crazy so i had a i ended up with a beautiful healthy little baby after that but the journey was not easy and um yeah, I'm like grateful for this person who, you know, whether he did something physically or not, but he just opened something in my mind and my heart. I'm so grateful to have experienced that. Maybe it kind of led us to this today, the beginning of our journeys into the holistic and natural world and getting the courage to open up and speak up about it. Because, you know, we're not the only ones here sitting so far apart and i just want to go like what did you as to all the moms you know who went through this one way or another or um even worse who had a child you know who went through the nine months and delivered i know some girls who have done done that and had their baby and they've lost their child a few days after even hours after delivery and it's i can't even imagine the pain and suffering but you know, you're not alone and everyone is here for you and don't be afraid to speak about it. I think that's the most important thing. I know a lot of these moms who suffered like immense, immense trauma and pain um, and now have beautiful families after, you know, so I'm very happy for them. I mean, I'm sitting here in person with you and I know most people are going to be listening to this probably not visually seeing us, but um, I think your openness and your vulnerability with sharing all of that was really beautiful. Thank you. And you too. I know it's not easy to talk about. Clearly, we're like <laughs> train wrecks over here. God, we, we should have brought that tissue box. I mean, obviously you can see it with us, but the grieving process is complex and it's obviously different for everyone. And it's important to give yourself the time and the space to heal. I personally found talking to a health professional was immensely helpful during the time. And it's okay to go and seek support. Yeah, definitely. Um, support, I think, is the backbone to everything. Um, you know, talking to others about your experiences and shared losses is totally normal. Um, this will provide a sense of 
you know, understanding and validation. Um, and for the significant others, just remember to communicate to each other and lean on each other for support. It's a shared experience and being there for another one another can make a significant difference. If you're listening and have experienced a loss, we're here for you. Reach out to a support group. We've added links below. You can reach out to a mental health professional or even a friend or a family member. And to those currently going through this, we're sending you love and strength. And my friend, that is another raw and real conversation. Thank you for sharing your story. Love you. I love you. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.